Royce, hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast where, yes, we're going to be talking about another game, another weekend of Aston Villa doing Aston Villa things, obviously conceding in the last minute to Arsenal and then deciding to concede another one because that's what Villa do. Three defeats in three. I'm joined by Simon, of course. Simon, how are you, mate? Another defeat's not a nice habit to get into this, is it really? No, it's not. Three defeats on the bounce. Things are going, you know, it goes back to, we, 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 we're starting to say, oh, we really need to get some points on the board and we haven't followed that for a while, so... Yeah, um, really disappointed, really still gutted, to be honest. We're still reeling from yesterday. Yeah, a pretty horrible one. And I've, it was, it's 11 goals conceded in three games now. I put that on my Instagram story and I showed you in the pub after the game. Someone replied saying, that's the wrong way of looking at it. I was like, what? How can you say that's the wrong way of looking at it? It's literally a fact. 11 goals conceded in three games. I know you've played the best two sides in the league there, but it's not good. It's not good. We'll talk about the Arsenal game, obviously, in more detail in a little bit. If you look at the fixture list, again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's it's getting a little bit better. Obviously, on the podcast before these two games, Man City and Arsenal, you're thinking, right, realistically, you probably are looking at two defeats, but if you can pick a point up here, a point up there, it would be decent. But two defeats, it's not looking great. There were a decent amount of positives in those two games, but... Yeah, it's not ideal, isn't it? And it's a little bit of a rot that we're in now. And we were talking about it uh, at the weekend that when Emery came in, we weren't this bad defensively. I'm not sure what's happened since the Leicester game, but we're making some absolute howlers and it's not looking great, is it, at the moment? Not at the back, no, it's not. I think, uh, we, as you say, when he came in, we were we were sort of watertight, really, at the back, weren't we? We were quite, we were quite good in terms of not conceding goals and... Um, all of a sudden, the sort of errors have crept into our game, and you know we're not linking uh, defence to midfield that well at the moment. We seem to be making a lot of mistakes defensively. It's not great at the moment. The one, the one major positive for for, for me is that we, we we look like we're going to score every time we sort of come forward, mm-hmm. and uh, and some of our play going forward yesterday was out, absolutely outstanding. Some of the some of the passing play and some of the movement from 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 the players was really really good, and that so that's a a big positive if you think about what we were watching. You know, at the beginning of the season under Gerard, I mean, our attacking plays is is night and day, isn't it? But I think as I said to you yesterday, it's difficult finding that balance between having a strong defence and a strong uh, strong attack as well. Um, and that's obviously up to the manager to to work that out. We sort of thought we might maybe got that sort of nailed, you know, the last few months. But um, all of a sudden, the last three games, we've 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 definitely shown our our defensive frailties, and so I'm sure it's something that the manager and his coaches will will want to work on, especially especially this week as we head into a run of fixtures which, well, there's no easy fixtures in the Premier League, but a run of fixtures which you look on paper and think Villa probably needs to be taking some points out of. I'll tell you one thing, it makes for entertaining games, doesn't it? You know, yeah. being able to score a decent amount of goals, looking good going forward, but being yeah, pretty yeah. hopeless at the back. Obviously, I can't ever ever remember losing two home games in a row 4-2 it's 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 bizarre and there were I mean there was some similarities between this and the Leicester games like we were winning 2-1 in both and then end up conceding four it's not great it's not great should we get into the game then itself I mean you were in different seats weren't you for this one you normally sit in the north stand obviously but you're in the whole end one thing I'll say is that I noticed quite a few Arsenal fans in the home end I mean obviously that's that's going to be the case but there was a bloke in K4 by me in the upper hole with, a, with an Arsenal shirt on, it's like, mate, use your head. Like, why are you rocking up in the Villa end in an Arsenal shirt? That was silly, that was. But there was, there was plenty of Arsenal fans about, wasn't there? I didn't see any by me in the lower halt where I sat yesterday for just for one game only. But, um, but oh, it's, it's common practice. I've seen it for years. It, and it's always in the games against like the Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United of this world all the time. Of course. Um, it's, 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 it's annoying. I, I mean, I, to be fair, I don't mind it. I don't mind it if someone's quiet and someone someone just sort of sits there, you know. But, 
and uh, and sometimes you can tell, can't you? When someone's a bit quieter and just sort of sits there about saying anything, you can sometimes tell. But it's when people are jumping out of their seats and stuff, and that just gets annoying, doesn't it? I think when you, I think when you, especially when you lose in the manner that we did yesterday, if someone jumped up in front of you, you'd be pretty annoyed, wouldn't you? Have you ever done it? Have you ever like been to an away game but sat in the wrong end? Obviously not in a not in a Villa away end. You ever done that? I've done it twice. I've done it twice. Um, one was at one was at the old White Hart Lane years ago, and Villa lost. Oh, of course, they lost. It was something like. 2-1 or 3-1 or something I can't remember and then I did it I'll tell you the game I did it was um, away at West Brom uh, when Al Ghazi scored them two goals uh, oh really the... I didn't know you were in the home end yeah yeah. I, mean, I was there yeah, because I didn't go to that many away games until the very end I started to join the bandwagon again at the very end of the season um, <laughs> I went with one of my mates and we sat in I think it was the big yeah it was it was the big side stand but towards like the mm-hmm. other end by the by the main home end sort of thing yeah. um, and that was a difficult one that was we were you... brilliant that night we were brilliant we were well, I was, remember I was right in line with when uh, Jay Rodriguez scored that goal with his oh. With his hand, and I was going, oh, and I was standing there wanting to go absolutely <laughs> berserk because I was literally in line with the linesman. And I was like, How has he not seen that? I've seen that. How has he not seen it? Um, so yeah, I've only ever done it twice. Um, and that was I, the Spurs one wasn't too difficult because we lost, and I think it was a consolation goal we scored, so I wasn't really bothered. Yeah. But um, the one at West Brom was particularly difficult, yeah. That's so funny. I never knew you were in the home end for that one. That's so jokes. Another thing that I spotted on uh, another thing that I spotted at the weekend was Emery's Gillet. What's that about? I thought saw someone. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, it was like a. I mean, how would you describe it? Like a weird brown that didn't go with his jumper, gilet, rolling back the years to Tim Sherwood. Kind of strange. But someone found it. I think it's CP Company or something. But Unai Emery's obviously got himself a bargain because it was five hundred and eleven pounds down to three hundred and seven. So Mister Emery has been delving into the uh, the bargains there at CP Company. I quite like. Do you know what I quite like? I'm not gonna lie. No, come <laughs> on. I, no I, thought, I thought you looked. I thought you looked rather dashing. And I've got to say. <laughs> I was quite jealous. I was, I was looking at him thinking he looks he looks quite good. I, I was wondering whether I could pull it off. So yeah, but for three hundred and whatever quid you just said, maybe not. Maybe maybe I'll just stick to Luke or something. Yeah, I think someone needs to send uh, Mr. Emery some Luke garments. Uh, <laughs> someone someone needs to send him some Luke stuff. But yeah, we'll get into the game then. Talk about the team sheet. I was quite surprised that there was the amount of changes there was. I think we knew there was going to be you know two or three changes but five changes obviously Cash, Mings, Moreno, McGinn, Coutinho all coming in I think I think that was expected I think going forward those those changes were expected Mings it was really good to see him back in of course Cash was one that surprised me a little bit but I think changes definitely had to be made after the, the previous two games didn't they yeah and I think you're right I was a little bit surprised by the Cash for young one um and I was a little bit probably surprised about the Coutinho one, even though I, I know he's been playing well but I was a little bit surprised that he started both Coutinho and Buendia I wasn't I wasn't disappointed with it. I thought it's absolutely fair enough because Coutinho off the bench recently has has looked quite good, so he probably deserved a start. To be fair to him, Cash and Young, I wasn't. I'm not too bothered by that one. I think it depends what it depends what our plans are really. I mean, if you're looking at Cash is going to be our long term right back, I suppose we need to get him back in the team, don't we? And you know, and and, and he's and he's a good player. I don't. He's not quite there at the moment, is he? He's not quite on form at the moment, but. Let's just hope he can get back there. But yeah, I thought the I thought we needed to make changes, and he did that. And um, mm. and and yeah, and, and and some of them worked out pretty well. To be fair, I think Arsenal were missing quite a few important players as well. I think the main one was obviously Partey wasn't playing yeah. in the midfield. I think he, he was obviously still injured. Martinelli, I was quite happy to see him on the bench and Ketia starting up front. Arsenal, they hadn't won in four games. I said I was having breakfast with an Arsenal fan actually, and I was sort of saying I would rather. 
have played Arsenal when they were on that winning form. I think playing them when they hadn't won in four games, coming off a, a big defeat to, to Man City, obviously, that was rather important in the title race. I just would have liked to have caught them when they were flying yeah, because yeah. they had to win, didn't they? It was such a massive game at Villa Park for them. And I think they were just that little bit more up for it. But I, I would have liked to have caught them when they're on that winning run, unfortunately. And that just wasn't the case. I think uh, that you're right. They had to win. I think if you look to the fixtures yesterday, I think everyone was you know, banking on Man City to go to Forest and win as well. And so mm. the fact was, if Arsenal, say, had a loss uh, to yesterday and City had a beaten Forest, they, they'd have been staring at sort of six points adrift. Um, I th- yeah, I don't think it was a particularly good time to play them. I don't think they ever fits right for Villa, though, does it really? We we seem to always play teams who've got points to prove yeah. or probably wasn't a great time to play. And they, they sort of had to win and they were missing party. And obviously that was that, that was a big one. Martinelli wasn't playing. But then I thought Trossard came and I thought he played quite well, to be fair, Trossard. Yeah, it wasn't a great time to play them. I don't I don't know if, if any time is a, is a good time to play them, especially with our record against the bigger sides. It's still not particularly up there is it I think the one thing I would say is that it was a really good game of football though and I and I, right. and, 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 and I really enjoyed it I think it was a really good spectacle to watch um, disappointing that we ended up on the losing side of it obviously but um, I think if you're talking about the money you've paid for a Premier League game I think it was I think it was one of them games where you think it was a really good game to be at really exciting to watch um, even if you weren't a neutral I think it was polar opposite to our game against them last season wasn't it I think that was similar sort of period was it March last year yeah. you lost 1-0 Saka with the goal it was just like I said the polar opposite it was a pretty dead affair to be honest and that was a half 12 game as well and I thought sort of early kickoffs are always that and I, I mentioned for the atmosphere yesterday I thought it was pretty good I think normally for, for half 12 games it's quite hard for people to get up for it some people might have literally just woke up not a lot of time to, to go to the pub have a few beers whatever but I was impressed with the atmosphere yesterday obviously it's got a lot of criticism in the last few weeks at Villa Park and I think potentially rightly rightly so but thought it was decent yesterday it really did yeah it was good it was good and obviously um, an early goal helps that doesn't it it, it, it does help mm-hmm. that and there's always it, it always feels like a bigger game when you're playing one of the one of the bigger yeah. teams as well atmosphere was really good and Villa fans have got behind the team all game I mean even when we you know, we're losing at the very end. Villa fans are still there, getting behind the team, even after the game. I stayed, I stayed after the game to watch the watch the players come over, and even then, all the Villa fans were really sort of behind the team and applauding them for their efforts yesterday, which was really nice to see. So, yeah, I think Villa Park gets uh, get, gets a, gets a lot of criticism for its atmosphere at times, but I've got to say, I thought the Villa fans were were pretty good yesterday. Yeah, you mentioned it there, another early goal, a lovely habit, especially at Villa Park, that we seem to have got ourselves into. Obviously, it's a really nice goal as well. Watkins, what is he on? He needs to go into the drugs test room, honestly. He's absolutely flying at the moment, four and four. It's a lovely goal as well. Cash wins it back, I think, from Zinchenko, nicks it away and plays it over the top to Watkins. And he actually sort of messes up the first touch, doesn't he? I think where I was, there was quite a few moans and groans, but he takes it so well, doesn't he? And he... He finds himself on that left-hand side quite a bit and it brings me back to that Liverpool game, the 7-2, where he's on that left-hand side and he kind of cuts normally inside. But this this time he goes on the outside, on his left foot, and I never doubted him. When he's in this one of form, you don't doubt him at the moment. And again, like one chance, one goal from the first chance he gets, he puts it away and it's such a nice goal. And I'm just absolutely loving Ollie Watkins at the moment. And he's scoring all types of goals as well. Like the Southampton header was a poach, like poach goal. The Leicester one following it in, quick reactions. This one slightly different. I'm just loving him at the moment, mate. He's in the form of his life. Uh, yeah, and, and it's interesting, really. I was thinking about Watkins' uh, recent recent run of form and I was thinking back to when we first signed him and that season in lockdown when um, 
He he was he, he thrived for us that season. He was really good and and that season, if you remember, he was he was basically our only striker, wasn't he? We placed all of our eggs yeah. in the Ollie Watkins basket, um, and he thrived off that pressure. And I feel like he I feel like he's kind of back 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 at that point again now. Really, I think it's all on his shoulders because obviously Danny Ings has left and we brought in Duran, but obviously he's a young lad who's going to be learning his trade, so he won't be probably in direct competition with Watkins. Um, and I feel like he's just taken that mantle on again. He's taken on that. Uh, pressure, if you like, or he's taken on that role that Emery's, you know, that faith that Emery's placed in him, um, and he's in just absolutely incredible form. And apart from his goal, I just think his all-round performance again yesterday was very, very mm. good. And he just gives us that, you know, that offer of 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 you know getting into the channels to him. And it's kind of what what happened with the goal, really. It was it, it was it was good play by Cash. Um, and it, was, it was a good sort of direct direct lofty ball over. As you say, we did wasn't... that a few times, didn't we? We did it a few times. Like if if nothing's on, Wendy did it a few times. Just loft it over the top because you know Ollie Watkins will be there. Yeah, and it wasn't a great. You're right. It wasn't a great first touch, but he managed to sort himself out. And yeah, he probably wasn't great defending by Saliba. If we're being totally honest, it probably wasn't. But um, but the way he managed to shift it and then get it out of his feet and right into the corner of the net, it was uh, yeah, it was a great goal. It was a really good goal and a really sort of strong direct run from Watkins. And that's the sort of run that sometimes you get frustrated with him for because. He, he, we've, how many times have we seen him sort of run with a ball like that, and then he gets sort of trapped under his feet, and he's not yeah. really he's not really decisive in what he chooses to do. But yes, yesterday and at the moment, the form he's in, he he just looks like he looks like a man who was on form, which which he is. Um, he looks confident, doesn't he? I mean, when he was celebrating, he was you know pointing to himself, and he just mm. he just looks confident at the moment. Yeah, so important. I think that ink sale could prove a masterstroke from Emery like we were all talking about talking about it at the time is this the right decision why are we doing this things as our top scorer but I'm touching wood as we speak as long as Ollie Watkins stays fit it could be a masterstroke mate and he's like I said he's in the form of his life and he's so so enjoyable to watch not just because of the goal scoring just his all-round game and we always say it and it just seems baffling now that he got the stick that he did at some parts this season because he's, he's absolutely loving it at the moment I thought in the early parts of the game we were really good as well, like in terms of the press. And I think Ramsdale nearly got caught a couple of times, didn't he, from Watkins? I think even on one of them, Watkins got a touch and almost went out for a, for a goal kick or whatever, or nearly went in the net. But I thought early on in that game, we just looked up for it. And I think because of that early goal, the atmosphere was was really good. And that's why, I, I don't know, I just think it feeds off each other, how Villa play and obviously the atmosphere. And I just thought we started the game really well. Look, Arsenal are a fantastic side and they're always going to cause you problems. But I just think we, we started the game really well. Yeah, we did. We we took the game to them. We were in their we were in their faces, weren't we? Uh, mainly, mm. and I think that's what Villa Park loves, isn't it? If you're in another team's faces, you throw um you throw a few challenges in. I think that's when the crowd gets up for it, and that's kind of what happened yesterday. But we started the game really, really well. Uh, the first yeah, the first ten minutes or so, we we started the game particularly well. We and for those first ten minutes or so, we were keeping the ball pretty well. Um, and I, but obviously then it sort of dipped off then, and we did start giving the ball away, which is. Um, which is a difficult thing to do against a team like Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal kept the ball brilliantly though either in the first half. I think they, I think they gave it away quite a few times. I think the first, the first half was a bit, a bit like that. It was a bit end to end, wasn't it? Where, where mm. both, where both teams seemed to give the ball away quite a lot to each other and obviously as it turned out the second half was was very very different to that. Yeah, fifteen minutes in, Saka makes it one one, and I think slightly before that. We saw an unbelievable clearance from Mings. I thought it turned out to be offside. Shocker linesman playing on when it should have given offside. But I think Mings sort of gets his foot in there just ahead of Nketiah's head and plays it onto the crossbar. And it's so good. But in the space of three minutes, we're seeing the best and worst of Tyra Mings, aren't we? Because 
it's a poor header and Saka's in so much space and Saka probably shouldn't be in that much space, but it's a great finish. He makes it 1-1. And again, it's it's one of them where the opposition doesn't have to work too hard to score a goal. Like we are literally giving it to them, literally giving it to them. And it is so frustrating. And Mings, we'll talk about his new contract. Like me and you love him, people know that. It's just frustrating to see the best and worst of him in the space of about two minutes. I don't know if there's any getting away from it. It was a poor mistake. Um, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit surprised that he he tried to put the header where he tried to put it. I think most defenders in situations which are probably aren't even as risky as that just just header that out for a corner. I mean that's the way he's facing. Yeah. So so I'm kind of surprised he tried to do um, what he did. And then there was probably a little bit of luck in it for Arsenal as well. I mean the ball fell straight onto Saka's foot, and the one bloke you probably don't want it to fall to is Saka. And it was a it was an unbelievable strike to be fair to him. Um, and it was yeah a good finish, but again a goal that. A goal that we didn't need to concede. It was, it was very, you know, we didn't have to do that. It was just a simple header out from for, for a corner from Nins, and and you sort of avoid that. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what he was, I don't know what he was thinking really. Though it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a strange one. But yeah, and that that's the thing. You, you work hard to go and take the lead, and then all of a sudden you you give it back to them very easily, and you straight mm. square one. I think the Saka and Moreno sort of they had a ding dong all day, didn't they? I thought that was a really key battle, and Saka was getting frustrated. I think he was he looked like he was carrying an injury for the whole game as well. I think he was limping. His boot came off a few times. He was getting worked up, but that was a really key battle for me. And I think Moreno is is great going forwards. Has he been great defensively compared to Luca Dean? Is he that much better? I think we're still looking to see that. But I think he kept hold of him pretty well. He was winding Saka up. And I think a tackle that, that went missing, I haven't watched match of the day. I'm not sure if it was shown on their highlights, but Saka sort of studs up on Moreno's ankle. And I think what Villa don't do well, which winds me up, which teams like City and Arsenal do do well, they get in the referee's face, they get in the opposition's face, and it forces them to make a decision. I think that's the other way around. Xhaka, Zinchek, anyone are in the referee's face saying, look at this, look at this. But I just don't think Villa do that. I think if they do, it gives VAR the referee decision to make. Have you seen that tackle? Because for me, I've seen them giving us red cards. Yeah, it was. It was one of them sort of 50-50 ones where uh, some officials give it, some officials don't. But, I mean, you're quite right in terms of we're not um, we're not sort of clever enough in that situation. You know, we're not saying it's definitely going to be a red card, but we're not clever enough to put the pressure on the referee, like, as you say, like the other teams do. Um, and sometimes we, we miss an opportunity with that um, because the referees won't make the decision unless you try and, in some circumstance, unless you force it or unless you try and force it, which you shouldn't have to do, but but mm. but we know but we know that it works though, and I just think Villa needs to be a bit meaner and a bit more clever in terms of what we're trying to do. And you're quite right; it wasn't a great. It didn't look great, did it? Um, no. But it was. I think it was one of them. It was. Um, it, it, some referees would give it. Some referees wouldn't. I do wonder if it was the other way around again. If, if, if you're at the Emirates Stadium, I wonder whether. Wonder what it what would have happened if it was a Villa player doing that. Just little things as well. I just think top six teams they just seem like they're in a different league and sometimes they have different rules like I think was it after the Saka goal or the second goal I think it was after the Saka one the first one Arteta seemed to have a team talk on the side of a pitch for genuinely a few minutes it's like what's going on if that was Emery and Villa the referee would tell him to crack on why is Arteta getting all 11 players around him and literally having a team talk on the side of the pitch where Villa are ready to, to kick off I think it's weird. Arsenal 
taking ages. I think even after their third goal, just taking absolutely ages. Arteta massively out of his technical area. Little things like that. Arteta being sarcastic towards the referee. I've seen that as well. And the Enketia dive, that was giving us nothing. I mean, it wasn't anywhere like in an important part of the pitch. I think it was just outside the box, like 30, 35 yards out. Enketia clearly dives and the ref just plays on. It's like, we talked about it in the previous pod. If you want to cut it out, do something about it. I just find it mind-blowing, and that really wound me up, that did. I think you talk about that dive, though, and we say it wasn't in an important position, but if you watch that again, though, Arsenal carried on an attack after that, though. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, well, it's it's a foul, and it's 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 it's, it's a dive, and it's a yellow card, it's a free kick to Villa, mm-hmm. and yet carried on, and Arsenal, Arsenal still had the ball, or regained the ball very quickly after that. And it was, I was a bit like, what's going on here? It, 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 it's either, it's either, it's either, it's either a foul and a free kick to Arsenal, or it's the other way. And it's a booking for Enketia for diving. So basic. And, it, and, and, ni- and neither was given. And yet Arsenal mm. still carried on with the ball. And it, that, that was bizarre. That was absolutely, but I don't, I don't, I don't think the referee had a great game, if I'm being honest. I thought he, uh, he was blowing for fouls, which really could have been let go. He was, he wasn't getting the key decisions right. Um, and then, and, I've, and I, we'll probably come on to it in a bit. But I noticed uh, for me, as soon as, as soon as Villa had scored that goal to go one 0 up, I mean, I don't even think at this point Martinez was time wasting. But as soon as Martinez received the ball, he was like, looked like, like tapping on his watch and signalling for Martinez to keep the ball straight away. And I was a bit like, chill out. Like he's like, literally just got the ball. It felt all day that the referee was being very sort of, yeah, he was let he was letting things go which he didn't think he should have let go. But then he was giving fouls for really, really not minor, minor challenges which he could have let go. And I, I and and as you say, Arteta holding impromptu team talks on the side of the pitch, and and then Arsenal taking a minute and a half, two minutes to even get back to the centre circle after they made it three two, and it's stuff stuff like that. And it and, and I just yeah, I looked at the whole game and I didn't. I didn't think the referee was in a great control, if I'm being totally honest. It's really, really basic stuff. Like that dive, it, like, everyone around me was just really confused. Like, when has it been okay to dive? When it, when has it been written into the rule book that uh, if someone dives, like, ah, oh, it's okay, just carry on, just forget about it. I just genuinely don't understand. Yeah, yeah, really, really yeah. baffles me, really does. But do you know what? In the first half, I thought I thought it was okay. I think Arsenal had 67% of the ball in the game as a whole. And I think that's reflected in the first half as well. I think they had a lot of the ball. And they were finding space a little bit too easily at times but I thought McGinn had a, had a fantastic first half Kamara was back to his his best I'd say because he has a he'd had a dis, dis, disappointing couple of games previously hadn't he McGinn coming in sort of I wouldn't say out the coals but hadn't had a lot of football recently thought he was outstanding and again making those challenges and getting the crowd up for it that was so good I thought McGinn against Arsenal was fantastic yeah he was and um, he's carried on sort of his form since uh, Emery came in I think he's been very good since Emery came in at the moment he's uh He's a, he's a sort of vital sort of cog in that Villa team, if you like. But um, do you reckon he's going to keep his place, John McGinn? He should do. I, I think he should do. Personally, yeah. I I think if you look at if you look at the game as a whole, and you you know you look at he brought Ramsey on later on in the game, and I don't think Ramsey particularly did anything mm. really. And so at the moment, it seems to be a bit of a, a straight a straight sort of fight out between the two of them, doesn't it? And so. Yeah, absolutely. It would be my um, it would be my eleven at the moment. Yeah, on the half hour mark, then Coutinho makes it two one. Mate, this goal is one of my favourites of the season. I think it's so good from back to front. I think Mings, Kamara, Moreno, obviously Buendia with the unbelievable dummy, so clever, goes to Shaka's legs, and the finish is fantastic as well. I'm not sure whether my views are clouded by the fact that before the game I put a five on Coutinho to score any time, so I made a, a nice little bit of money there. But this is genuinely one of my favourite goals this season. I think that is what 
Villa want to do. Obviously, playing out from the back, that's the way we want to play. And that's what happens when it goes well. I think it's such a classy goal. Really, really good. And for Coutinho to score his first goal of the season, it to be a goal of real quality. So nice to see. Yeah, I think it just summed up exactly what Emery wants wants Villa to be going forward. I think that was like a little a little snippet into the the future of Unai Emery at Villa, um, mm. and that 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 goal was just sublime, wasn't it? As you say, from back to the back to front. I thought how Kamara held onto the ball to then play to then wait for Moreno to make the run, and then Moreno not just to like keep going to the byline and just sort of hopefully put the ball in for somebody to attack it he he he, uh, he sort of waited and he uh, and he picked his man out and then again probably not great defending arsenal fans are probably screaming why was nobody there to cut that cut that pass out especially when Buendia sort of dummied it um, but then as soon as Coutinho got it, he just shifted his body and used the Arsenal players' bodies just to slot it beyond the goalkeeper. And it was a, it was a sublime goal, wasn't it? It was such a good goal from back to front. And yeah, you were watching and thinking, wow, is this is this Villa? Is this really happening? Because that <laughs> that piece of football was incredible. It was one of the it was probably one of the nicest goals that we've seen at Villa Park in quite a long time. Yeah, really, really clever goal. And like I said, so nice for Coutinho to to get that goal that he's really wanted. We saw that disallowed one against Leicester that obviously he was so disappointed that it got disallowed. So nice to see him do and I thought Coutinho on the whole was very decent I think he's Owen said it literally just before he scored next to me he was saying like he's got that sort of turn hasn't he he's got that like unique close touch ability and so quick on the turn and if we can get that player that we've seen already at Villain we've seen in the last few weeks whenever he's come on he's looked lively I think that's good and he's had that sort of dip but hopefully he's on the way up now because obviously there's still an unbelievable player there he's still only 30 not not 33 34 like some people might might think in their heads but yeah a great player and I thought he had a decent game um on the weekend half time then I think we were pretty positive I thought the next goal was going to be massive I think it was sort of similar to the game was reminding me of that Man United one at home I think it was so important for us to go out in the second half and keep it going and Arsenal obviously weren't going to be quite as poor as they were in that first half they were going to come out of course they were but I think if we got the first goal I think that that would have been game over and unfortunately didn't quite go that way in case it hits the bar and this the 2-2 so annoying. This Zinchenko goal. It's like, come on, it's basic again. Reminded me of that Stevenage goal from a corner. And again, like we talked about in the previous podcast, we don't have a great goal record, a goal conceding record from set pieces. Silly, silly goal. And what annoyed me was Austin McVeigh always seems to stand up from um, when, we, when they, they get a corner pointing but it's like mate look at the bloke in so much space on the edge of the box Sinchenko gets it goes in the near post 2-2 another slack goal to concede but it was, it was pouring before that though it, they they took the short corner and we weren't we weren't we weren't awake to it again we were asleep to it though and as you said it reminds me of the Stevenage goal because that there was no way that, that ball should have reached Zinchenko with absolutely nobody even he had so much time no one even attempting it and then I think if you watch it like Ming's dashes out to try and get a block in and then again it's kind of fortuitous though a little bit because Zinchenko puts it it's in the it's in the only place he can possibly score from and even then Ollie Watkins is the second man behind Mings and the ball just goes underneath Ollie Watkins as he's trying to block it <laughs> and it is fortuitous you watch the replay and you think oh my yeah. god he could try that you could try that another hundred times and he probably would only score once or twice it was that it was fortuitous and and I, I, it was, what was it, Zinchenko's first goal since like 20, 2015 or something like that? I've got that's Villa. That's what we do. Of course, it was going to happen for, <laughs> with Villa. Of course, it was. But it was slightly fortuitous. But I just, it's just such a rubbish goal to give away, though. Really rubbish goal to give away. It's you know we weren't alert off the corner, and 
he's and and you know it wasn't the first time either. They, it happened previously. No. Like they they were taking them short corners quite a lot. They, they 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 knew that. I think they knew that we were dealing with the long balls into the box. I think we were we we were dealing with those set pieces, but the ones taken short, that's where we were struggling. And Arsenal kept doing it, kept doing it, and then. Um, it resulted in that, but again, a really poor goal to give away. And like you're watching it, and you think that was co- it was a massive turning point that was, and yet it was such mm. a rubbish goal to give away. If it was a, a cracking strike, you'd think, ah, oh, fair enough. But again, it was just really poorly worked. And okay, it was a decent strike from Zinchenko. I don't think it was absolutely unbelievable if you ask me. And, and there we go. It's at two-two, and the problem is they've got they're in the ascendancy. Then they've got a lot of possession. Villa, unfortunately, second half didn't keep the ball well enough at all. We just kept recycling the ball back to them constantly. And it put us under pressure because when we did have the ball, we looked good. We didn't have the ball enough. Um, and it invited Arsenal onto us. Um, and we just should have been a bit cleverer. I mean, I remember one time when Cash had the ball on the right-hand side and he you know, he had so much time just to look up and get it up the field or play a short pass. And he just absolutely drilled it. And he went straight into the Trinity Road stand. And it was, oh, come on, just, just, just take your time a little bit. Chill out and just... Pick your man, pick your pass and calm it down and you know, take the sting out of the game a little bit because I think Villa sort of contributed to that in the second half a little bit. They contributed to constantly giving it back to Arsenal and Arsenal just all over us like a rash again and um, it, it felt kind of inevitable in the end with, with, with what happened. But yeah, the second goal, just just really poor, poor from our point of view and it, it just show, it just highlights our set-piece uh, problems, doesn't it? Yeah, and it gives Arsenal that momentum. It really, really does. And sometimes I just think... Villa just need to keep the ball for just three minutes. Just pass it around the back. People might get on your back. The crowd might get on your back. But it's so important to just kill that momentum that Arsenal are obviously going to have after scoring that second goal. Just keep the ball. Just pass it around. Just keep it. I just think we're not we're not good enough at doing that. And we'll move on to another massive chance that Arsenal messed up. Um, we, we talked about it with the Coutinho goal. Like When passing out from the back works, it's fantastic and it, it can really help you out. But when it doesn't, concert was dilly-dallying on the ball and yeah Erdegaard should have scored 100% I think it's Enketia that dispossesses him Erdegaard should score and that is a huge huge let off yeah and again it wasn't just Konza though for me the ball comes out to Cash and he he turns around again passes it back to Konza and Konza's very like casual on the ball isn't he and then Mm. and then it ends up with Erdegaard missing an absolute sitter which was a a real let off, and the thing is, I'm all for the playing it at the back, but you've got to do it when you've got to do it when 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 the pass is on. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why we're trying it in in areas where it clearly isn't on. And that at that point, I don't, I don't. There was no need for Cash to go backwards at that point. There was no need for it. He should have just got it up the field to play or pick somebody out in front of him. There was no need for him to go back. And then obviously, it just adds that little bit of you know panic to it, doesn't it? And Konza, like I said, Konza was very casual with it. Um, and he was a lucky, lucky boy, really, because Erdegaard should have should have absolutely yeah. buried it from there. I think it's decision-making as well. It's decision-making, and it's got to be faster. If you're going to do it, please, please, just make it that little bit faster, because we like to be a little bit slow. We like to take a couple of risks, yeah. um, and it, it just didn't quite happen at the weekend. I thought Martinez's distribution, I thought on the whole, he had, didn't have a great game, but his distribution was not great at the weekend. It really, really wasn't. And I think, look, if you, if you, if you sharpen it up a little bit, and it, it's obviously going to come with time, you can see that it really does help, but all too much at the moment, it's not quite happening for me. But I think you've got to persevere with it. I think people are slowly getting used to it in the stands. I just think, yeah, it's 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 going to come with time, isn't it? But again, it's it's not it's not a comfortable watch, shall we say? No, it's not. But we've got to persevere with it because that's what the manager wants to do. We've got we have got some of the players for it. I think they'll obviously be strengthening in the summer, which will mm. which will hopefully make 
make it look a little bit better. On the point of Martinez, his dis- I thought his distribution was really poor, really, really poor yesterday. And it's, it's, he's okay on the ball. He's not. He's not. He's not usually that bad on the ball. He's usually all right. I mean, how many times did he did he clear it into the Doug Ellis stand or the Trinity Road when he was aiming for one of the fullbacks? I mean, Moreno was the best. He was he was aiming it towards Moreno. Like Moreno was like six foot seven or something. It was it was bizarre, <laughs> absolutely bizarre. He's, and it, that again, that didn't set us on our way very well in, in a in a game when we were struggling to keep the ball anyway. You don't need your keeper, but uh, you know, bashing it into the Trinity Road stand or the Doug Ellis stand. You you need to be able to keep the ball and. Um, it was it was one of them days, I think, and um, and in the end we we paid a heavy price. Yeah, it was a difficult period in the game that was. And I think Emery makes a, a good decision and brings on Bailey and Duran at that time. I think obviously Arsenal were having a ridiculous amount of the ball, and think it was a good idea to bring Bailey on because the only way we were going to get something out of the game was obviously to hit Arsenal on the counter attack at that point. And I thought Bailey. Ah, oh, he's 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 tough to watch, isn't it? I think we we're getting used to it now. That is that is Leon Bailey, and that's what he is. And I think his decision making is is really poor at times. I think it was, I think one of the first touches he had was McGinn has it on the edge of the box and he plays it off to Leon Bailey, and he's got sort of a one on one. I think it's might have been against Ben White or Zinchenko. I can't quite remember, but he just doesn't quite shift it fast enough, and he ends up running into whoever the defender is, and it's just that it's just a little bit annoying to watch. But then on the other hand, Leon Bailey gives you that run. I think. When he had that that shot that hit the bar, that is Leon Bailey. It's a really, really, really good first touch. Getting down the wing at pace, get yourself an effort on goal. And it's so unfortunate not to go in, isn't it? Like I think that was three or four minutes before the end of the, the end of the game. Really, really frustrating. But if that goes in, mate, it's, it's a different game, obviously, isn't it? Yeah, and he, to be fair, he did really well on that. I mean, he brought the he brought the ball down out of the air so so well, and then the run, and then I don't think anybody expected him to to. To, to shoot Harry Deal and it was a great great strike and it was so unlucky it probably it probably deserved a goal if I'm being honest that one did it really definitely deserved a goal I thought I thought he did really well for it as you say it's inconsistencies and uh, there was a couple of moments when he he could have chosen better and um and I think there was the time as well then obviously with Duran's chance when he was running through and Bailey was sort of clear actually in the box and I just think if Duran had got his head up and got it over earlier enough. I think Villa would have had a better chance to score. And obviously, Duran ended up running it himself. He lost a little bit of steam then towards the end, and mm. he had a shot. And it was a well. I think I think uh, Ramsdale made it look like a, a bit. Of, it was a bit of a TV save, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was <laughs> with Ramsdale, surely yeah, not. It was. It wasn't a great. It wasn't a great strike. He, he, he should have easily saved it. But I thought. I thought the subs made a difference. But Duran again looked very lively. He got himself he involved, which was really good. I want to say that. I thought, like I say, I really thought he was unlucky. If I'm being honest with you, I thought he deserved a goal for that. For that. For that run and running shot and, and and as you say it's a different game isn't it Bailey scores that Villa go on and win the game Duran's a live wire isn't he I, I really like watching him I don't know like I think he comes on and immediately he's proper chasing the defenders down I think he forces uh, an error for Marcel pretty much straight away from coming on and then he like faces the whole end and waves his arms saying like come on come on make some noise and he gets the crowd going and I don't know obviously he's still really really raw and and he's only what played probably about half an hour combined since he's joined the club but I really like watching him I think he clattered Ben White as well towards the end of the game he absolutely clattered him I think obviously he got clattered by can't remember who the Leicester defender was um, on his actual debut but I just think he's really really fun to watch and obviously he's still raw and still extremely young but he's a, he's, he's good fun to watch he's good value isn't he? Yeah he's, he's he's very young he's full of enthusiasm isn't he and that's what you like he comes on and feels like he's, he's got a bit of a point to prove for himself really and uh and he probably has. He's trying to test himself in the biggest league in the world, isn't he? After yeah, coming yeah. from from the MLS, and so it's really good to see. And uh, yeah, hopefully in the coming games against sort of 
hope well. You say ease your opposition. I'd love him to get a couple of chances and see him, see him, see him get on yeah. the score sheet because he's he starts a life. How limited it's been. He starts a life that Villa has been really sort of sort of sort of impressive so far in terms of the impact he's been making off the bench. So yeah, positive about him. I think he I think he looks good and he offers something totally different. That's what I like about it. We we bring Watkins yeah. on and we um, bring Watkins off, sorry. Um, and we bring something on totally different. Someone who can hold that ball up and someone who's quite physical and you know he's he's a big lad, isn't he? And just something totally different. We're not a physical side at all. We're really not. I think we missed that. So Duran hopefully gets a little bit more game time. Well, he's not going to get more game time because Watkins is flying, but he's good fun to watch and yeah, exciting prospects. Unfortunately, we've got to talk about it. Three two. Jorginho scores. Probably got a little bit too much space on the edge. It feels like Jorginho never scores. And I don't know, how lucky can you get? Like you talked, we talked about it on the bus afterwards, didn't we? Fine margins. We hit the bar, it comes out. They hit the bar, it hits Martinez straight on the top of the edge and goes in. From where I sat, I didn't even know it was a Martinez own goal. I just thought it went straight in. But how unlucky can you get? Of course, it's Emi Martinez against his former club as well. Not good at all. Yeah, he just shanked it, didn't he? He literally just shanked the shot. And uh, it just ended up going where it went. It definitely didn't mean it to end up there. Uh, and it ended, ended up there and crashing off the bar. And then just, just ah, look, it just hit Martinez just as he was on the floor, which, um, yeah, was pretty pretty painful one, really, wasn't it? And uh, obviously Arsenal fans then, yeah, started taking the mick out of Martinez, which, fair enough, I understand it. Um, and then, even more frustratingly, I suppose, you you look at the sort of pictures after the game in terms of, was it offside? You know, I mean, he had two players mm. in his line of vision, and I don't, seen them given. And I, yeah, and I don't, I don't know, I don't think it would have changed the outcome. I still think that goal probably would have, probably would have still gone in. But it's not really the point, though, is it? I mean, the, the, the point is, if you look at the rule book, then that probably should have, should have been, should have been disallowed. Really, if you look at it, I mean, as you say, you've seen them given. You've seen other ones happen, like Villas against Arsenal a few years ago. When, 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 when who was it? Barclay. Was it Barkley? It was Russ Barkley in the way of the keeper. Yeah. Uh, Leno, I think it was at the time, wasn't it? It's the same. It's the same. Yeah, yeah it's very similar. It's very, very similar. And that was ruled out. I think the only thing I say again, though, we touched on it earlier, is that no Villa players really reacted or went round the ref or sort of forced. Martinez could have gone off screaming and go and look at it. None of them did really, and I found that a bit odd. Like surely Martinez would have known that his vision was a little bit yeah. impaired by the shot. Again, not saying it would have changed massively the outcome. It might not have, but it's one of them again. Though you feel like you're on the wrong side of not a great. Not a great decision again, maybe. And I don't. And we don't. I don't like saying this, but it sounds like I'm bitter. But you think if that was the other way around and had McGinn crash one off the bar and it had hit Ramsdale and gone in, and then and then it, you'd have seen like say Duran and Bailey, the goalkeeper's line of vision. I guarantee it would have been ruled out. I guarantee you. And that that does sound like I'm being bitter. It sounds like I'm being a really bitter Villa fan. I know it does, but it always feels like it always goes for like the these big six clubs and I think after last weekend you know I, I, that decision that Arsenal game last weekend was really really bad don't get me wrong and we talked about it last week about how Lee Mason forgot to draw, draw his lines or something on the offside decision which was ridiculous in itself but it's been like the witch hunt ever since though hasn't it and it's all because it's like a big a big six club and Lee Mason's had to step down from the PGMOL and uh, and now you look at yesterday and you think were they ever going to make a decision against uh, against Arsenal yesterday really because you knew Arteta True. would have been kicking off he was already kicking off even even though they won the game he was already kicking off we already saw that but the decisions that you looked at yesterday we already talked about the Saka one we talked about the dive the clear dive from Enketia which wasn't even punished at all and then you look at that at the end and you think 
that should have been looked at on VAR, really. And, and and obviously they do look at it, but I mean, look at it in proper advanced way because if they had a done, I I guarantee you, yeah, in, in in other games that that goal's ruled out. But look, it is what it is. It was really unlucky. It was really really unlucky, and um, it was a typical Villa thing to happen, wasn't it? And what what can you say really? But it's sort of a shank sort of shot, smash it off the bar, and goes in off your keeper. There's not a lot you can really do, is there? Nope. And that's classic Villa. And to rub salt into the wounds, obviously Martinez goes up for the corner. Not sure why, because goalkeepers going up for corners never, ever seems to work. Uh, I think it's Vieira that counters, plays it to Martinelli, and he's got an open goal. The bloke's celebrating before he's even put it in the goal, and that's 4-2. And I think the comments after the game were very, very interesting for Unai Emery. Obviously, he didn't tell Martinez to go up. He's made that decision by himself, the goalkeeper. What does that say? What does that say if he's just he's just doing it, not even taking note of what Unai Emery's saying? Is it because he wants to redeem himself after scoring that own goal? Probably there's an element of that. But like I said, it never really works. And I said this to you in, in the pub after. I don't, I don't really get why they do it because whenever goalkeepers go up, they sort of leave one or two defenders back just put them defenders in the box and leave the goalkeeper. Like there's less, there's less chance of Arsenal scoring if that's the case. I don't know. I didn't get it, and I thought Emery's comments after the game was very, very interesting. Yeah, he was. I think Emery was absolutely fuming, and I thought it was, I thought it was interesting how he sort of he laid down that law in as if to say like, look, I'm the boss here. I'm, I'm the manager, um, and he was evidently fuming. I mean, I saw another interview with him on, uh, I think it was B in Sports. I've never seen him like this. The reporter was asking. Uh, him questions and he was just responding with like yes no etc and Emery's not like that he's very polite and he's very you know engaging usually and yet he was he was really fuming the only thing I say about it I I don't I don't get goalkeepers going up because as you've just said it doesn't work well nearly all of the time it doesn't work I think literally you can count on one hand the amount of times it has ever worked over over the people will be shouting schmeichel schmeichel people will be shouting look it was 25 years ago and it hasn't happened since but but in martinez's defense and i'm gonna i am gonna come to his defense a little bit here because look it was it was late on in the game we were losing three two we weren't gonna get back into the game anyway in his defense and i'm gonna go a little bit against the manager here i love unai emery as you know and i think he's a top manager but I don't, I don't know if I'd have called Martinez out in the interview like that. If I'm being totally honest, I mean, I think you could have, I think you could have laid the blame at a lot of people's doors yesterday. You could have called out Mings for the header if you wanted to, or you could have called out some of our atrocious passing and putting the ball out for throw-ins all the time, or giving the ball away constantly in the second half. You could have done that if you wanted to yesterday, but he chose to home in on the Martinez thing. And I, Look, I get he was. I get he was annoyed. Emery was yesterday. I get it, and I and I think it shows the high standards that he sets because a lot of us were coming out of Villa Park thinking, "Oh, we played really well today, and we were really praising the team's performance." And yet the manager was fuming about the performance yesterday because he didn't feel that we'd we'd put into practice what we were putting what we were doing on the training mm-hmm. field and what he wanted us to do. And so I think it shows like the level of Emery. And I think it shows that you know he's on a totally different wavelength and he hates losing which is obviously a really good thing but I, f- I don't know I think Emery might have reviewed his comments today and, f- and thought maybe I was a little bit harsh and you know, I mean yeah we conceded but we're, we're going to lose anyway at that point and so I don't know I just think I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit I suppose but I'm not I'm just in defense of Martins a little bit there I don't think he did anything particularly wrong if I'm being totally honest and I just I just think the manager was taking his frustrations out which is fine it's his, it's his right to do that if he if he was genuinely annoyed fair enough but uh yeah I thought it might might have been a little bit overboard really uh, it's one of them games isn't it Aston Villa doing Aston Villa things like I said at the start of the show We're coming out of Villa Park and despite losing which obviously hate hate losing especially at Villa Park 
But you can see what we're doing, can't you? I think going forward, we looked really, really good. And it's nice to see that we're not really in any danger of not scoring. I think we've scored in every single game under Unai Emery and scoring plenty of goals as well. So that's nice. I just think this sort of recent habit of being horrible defensively and carrying on making mistakes is is really not nice. But look, we're a work in progress. There's signs. You can see what we're doing. It's still early days. Arsenal, it's important to say, is still a very good team. They're obviously top of the league for a reason. But it's annoying. It's still annoying. That doesn't make it okay. It's just nice now that we've got some fixtures coming up where you think, okay, there might be points in that. I'm not saying they're easy games because they're not. Everton have got a new manager. Sean Dyche is going in there. They're going to be hard to beat. Of course they are. Crystal Palace are a decent side. West Ham are fighting for their lives. Bournemouth are fighting for their lives. Those are our next four games. So it's not going to be easy. It's nice a couple of them are, are at Villa Park, of course, and we can hopefully rectify our pretty disappointing home record. But look, next game, Everton, going to be a tough one. Me and you actually do quite like Sean Dyche, although a lot of people don't think he's a good manager. I think that is going to be a hard game on Saturday at Goodison Park. It will be. Um, it definitely will be. I think I've been talking in the last couple of weeks about how I think Everton's best chance at staying up uh, will be their home form. Um, and it's kind of proved that so far. I mean, Dyche has had two home games and he's won both games. He's got six points out of the two against Arsenal Arsenal and, uh, and, and Leeds. And so Dyche knows how to... You know, sort of back to the war half the time and it's not pretty to watch. But at this point of the season, I don't think Everton fans will really, really care about that. They just want to stay in the division. Um, and so I think it'll be a tough game next week. They'll be fighting for their lives and they'll be in our faces and they'll be trying not to let us play uh, next week. Um, so I think it's a really, really tough game, if I'm being totally honest, next week. As we say, there's no game in the Premier League which is easy though. Um, and so you'd expect expect us to go there and get something out of the game, whether that's a point or whether that's a win, I don't know, but um, we want to go there and you think, okay, we need to put this losing streak to, be- you know, to, 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 to bed and even if it is only a point we pick up, so be it. It's a, but it's a tough place to go, but yeah, in terms of the run coming off, there's chances for points there, definitely, um, and we do need to sort this home form out. I think that's our main thing at the moment. I think Emery's spoken about it, you know, we're playing all right away from home I think he's fairly pleased away from home but at home we're not doing it we're not dominating games enough uh, as we need to be at home you're going to have a lot more of the ball at home usually we're not doing enough um, at, at home without a doubt and I think defensively we, we're sort of looking good on the transition when we win the ball back and as the goals uh, showed yesterday we, we look good in the transition I think what we've got to realise is though is that you're not going to always going to go and score a goal off a transition you need to you need to be aware that you sometimes you can keep the ball and you don't need to panic it and you don't need to you know rush the ball up the field because half the time we're losing it and when we do lose it you come up against a side like a Man City last week or like an Arsenal uh, yesterday they can punish you they can punish you when some of the when some of the other sides may not. I think it's a key reason why we conceded so many goals in the last few weeks, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if we can get a point, I don't think that's the end of the world. I just think it's important that we we stop losing. I think it's important we stop losing, go up there, put in a decent performance. If we get a point, look, Everton are going to be fighting and you're right, they are going to be good at home. That's going to, hope that's where you'd think they get the majority of their points from here to the end of the season so it's going to be a tough game I actually quite like Everton away obviously me and you will be going up to Goodison Park I like Everton away and obviously I think it's important they get their new stadium because I've been before to Goodison it's not the best facility in the world I think the concourse is probably it's like the upper dog if anyone's been in there the upper dog Ellis it's like it's it's so so tiny I think if you're in the upper tier at Everton you can't see anything but I actually quite like Everton away and I'm, I'm looking forward to going there because it's going to be one of the last times we go to Goodison 
because obviously they're, they're, they're new stadium. But I, I like Everton. I'm looking forward to going. I love Everton, and while they're while they're new stadium, I think they've done well to sort of. I think if you look at the plans, it looks quite unique compared to a lot of the other new stadiums which get churned out these days. It looks very unique the new stadium, but there's still a little tinge of like disappointment, and I feel a little bit gutted that they are leaving Goodison Park because I, I love Goodison Park. I think it's. Uh, I think it's great, proper, proper old school, right in like a housing estate and uh, terrace housing all around it, and it it reminds me of Villa Park in a way. Just obviously not as Villa Park's had more more renovations work to it than Goodison Park has over the years, but it's one of our sort of last real traditional football stadiums. So I'll be quite sad to see it go, really. But it's always a good away day, at Everton. I always, I always really like it. Um, so yeah, uh, if they if they stay up next season, will be our I think will be our last trip there. Uh, but if they go down, then well, yeah, it'll be our last one on on Saturday coming. Um, it, it'll be a weird one when they move from there because it's it's all it's all we've ever known with Everton, isn't it? But yeah, looking forward to it. It's always it's always a really good away day, and uh, let's just hope we can we can turn it around and pick something up. Yeah, I think that's a nice place to end it. We've had some decent away days at Everton, haven't we? I think hopefully Ashley Young can uh, roll back the years and score a last minute winner. I'd absolutely take that at the weekend. But thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Spotify, Apple, please do leave a review. It actually really helps the podcast out. Thank you very much for listening. Do check out the Villa on Tour videos on YouTube. Like I said, we will be going up to Everton, so keep an eye out for that video at the weekend. And without further ado, we shall see you then. Up the Villa. Up the Villa.